What's cracking, big dogs? Welcome, bike, to the channel. Welcome, bike, to the headquarters. My name is Nicholas. This is BDGE, Big Dogs Gotta Eat. And we're a week and two days away from the NFL draft. And a lot of y'all start your rookie drafts ASAP. It's like fucking Mr. Irrelevant gets called to the stage and you're texting your homies, let's start the rookie draft. Like, calm down, all right? Take a Lexapro, take an Ambien, take a Xanax. I'm pretty sure Lexapro is for like pregnant women. Some of y'all probably fucking need it, the way you act on here. Rookie drafts happen quickly, man. I like to take a minute. I like to take a week or two. The NFL draft finishes on the Saturday. At minimum, I want to start my rookie draft the weekend after that, right? The Sunday after the NFL draft concludes. So if it ends on Saturday, we want one week and one day minimum to hit that rookie draft. A lot of y'all want to jump right into it. That's fine. We're all thirsting. We're all fiending, which is why we got to wrap up our last of the rookie rankings videos. Pre-NFL draft. Of course, we're going to be dropping tons of content post-NFL draft, looking at landing spots, etc. We'll be streaming the entire NFL draft. The big dogs, the team members will be coming together at the HQ. So mark your calendars, fucking write it sharpie on your wife's forehead. I don't care how you remember, just set the alarm clock because we're going to be together. We will be streaming the entire NFL draft. We're going to be breaking down picks as they happen, what it means for dynasty teams, what it means for rookie picks, all that nonsense. You're getting it straight from straight from our mouths as it's happening live. We need to get a producer to put some cool shit up on the screen. I'm already worried about that because it's going to look like ah, you guys aren't going to want to join us for this. Trust me. We'll be doing it for like 25 straight hours, though, for the NFL draft. It'll be fun. Get your mark ingredients ready. Get your tequila, get your limes, get your triple sec, get your lime juice, get whatever the fuck else you want to put in there. And we're going to roll. Heads are going to fucking roll. Bodies are going to roll. Today's video on my top rookie running back rankings. Probably going to go through my top five. Y'all got to know the top players because this is a very top heavy class. There are tier breaks. There's actually like a tier break realistically after almost every single running back in the beginning of these rankings. Running back one, tier. Running back two, tier. Running back three, tier. Running back four, tier. Running back five, tier. I'm like a fucking broken person, but that's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. All these running backs fucking stink. So we're going to run through the top rookies without further ado. I'm not going to stand up and tuck my shirts in. Just, just trust is tucked. It's not tucked in. I have too many layers on right now. I'm going out to a comedy club in a little while. Had to get dressed nicely, but I wanted to I wanted to yell some things at y'all. So tuck your shirt in, stop yelling, and let's eat. I've decided we're going to do the top five. What I'm going to do, though, is send out a daily email with running back six, running back seven, running back eight with an in-depth breakdown of who we have ranked, who the big dogs have in their rookie rankings at running back for number six, seven, eight after this video. So if you just drop your name on the email list, it'll be the first link in the description down below. It's free to sign up. We will email you out our running back six with an in-depth breakdown of that player. The next day we will do running back seven. The day after that we will do running back eight. Okay. Hit that link down below if you want a little bit more information after we're done breaking down the top five guys here. To literally nobody's surprise, Najee Harris is our numero uno rookie running back. He is every every bit of that 231 pounds he weighed in at the pro day. And right now, right now, what's surprising to me is that after this ridiculous season he had, right, he stayed at Alabama for four years. To some people's surprise, he came back after his junior season. Having put up a pretty good year, he put up over 1,500 yards from scrimmage, came by, get more involved into the passing game, and he did so. He went nuts. He took over that full workhorse role. He wanted to prove to the NFL uh, NFL peoples. He wanted to prove to the scouts, to the teams or whatever, that he could be a three-down player. Over 250 carries this year at Alabama, 43 
receptions. That is like pass catching specialists get that type of work in the passing game. A 13.4% target share. I don't care what college you play for, but the fact that he went to Alabama with weapons like Devonta Smith, with weapons like Jalen Waddell, with all these underclassmen, I don't know who they are yet, but I'm sure that we're going to be yelling about them in future videos to come. Najee Harris is ripping off a 13.4% target share in this offense. That's 89th percentile. So this guy has 6'1", 230 pound size. You want to talk about an actual workhorse running back? I'm sick of these fucking 212 pound running backs who were trying to will into that workhorse role. Najee Harris has it in every bit of it. So not only can he run the ball, he has that patience. He's I, I've seen a lot of comps to the Matt Forte's. I think he plays a lot like Le'Veon Bell. He's very patient. He hits the hole. He's got good bursts. He does not have long speed. That is like the only knock on him. He didn't run at Alabama's pro day, so we didn't get to see his 40 time. Probably going to be in the, the mid to high four fives. It's not like very low four sixes. I don't think that's his game. I don't think anyone thought that was his game. I don't think anyone is preparing for that to be his game at the NFL level. Not a breakaway home run guy, but he picks up the chunk yards. He's got great patience, great agility, great burst, and can play on all three downs, which is the most important thing. 43 catches his senior year. There are a lot of running backs in this class that don't have 43 catches on their entire college resume. I would love to see Najee Harris. I would love to see this kid drop to the Steelers at 24 overall. Najee Harris would be a beast in Pittsburgh. He would have very, very little competition behind him between Benny Snell and Anthony McFarland. If Najee Harris goes to Pittsburgh in the first round, he's going to be the consensus 101 in one quarterback leagues. Travis Etienne. Most people are looking at Travis Etienne and they say DeAndre Swift, they see Alvin Kamara, and I think that's correct. I think his lateral agility might be what holds him back. I think there are some real flaws to his game as a runner, but he makes up for it with so many other things. He's a fantastic pass catcher, right? I was going nuts about Najee Harris catching 48 passes or 43 passes, excuse me. It's because Travis Etienne caught 48 passes. He also saved for his senior year. Imagine Etienne and Najee Harris both came out last year with the Taylor Swift, Clyde's, uh, fucking Akers, Dobbin. That's an unbelievable class. At the time, had Travis Etienne came out, he would have been in that conversation right up there with Jonathan Taylor, right up there with Clyde Edwards Hilaire. All this kid has done so far has been to be the best running back for one of the best college football teams for three straight seasons. I don't know what else he has to prove. I know everybody's going out on their fucking crusade about how Travis Etienne's not actually that good. This is what happens this time of the year, okay? People get bored. They need to make clickbait titles. They need to make something out of nothing. That's why you hear every every three days, one guy is amazing, then the next, and three days later, he's terrible, and he shouldn't be drafted, and now he's like the, you know, Travis Etienne's like the RB7 for some people. I'm just like, bro, like you're trying way too fucking hard if you got Travis Etienne lower than the RB2. So right now, he's in that tier. You want to put him RB1, I'm not even going to be mad at you, because he came in. 510, 215 at the pro day. Most people expected him to hover around 205 pounds. I think that's probably closer to what he played at. I think he probably played in the 204 to 208 range, which is why a lot of people expected him to come in and run like a 438 or a 440 flat. He ended up running a 450, but you combine that with the 215 pounds and you combine that with a kid who can catch a shitload of passes. He caught nearly 50 passes in college. This ain't the NFL where they're playing 16 games and the games are longer and they're getting more receptions and they're getting more targets and shit like that. 48 passes in college is an unbelievably high number. He's going to be playing on third downs. And if he is the first running back off the board, best believe he's going to get borderline first round capital. When you get borderline first round capital in the NFL, you are, you know, we've had a very, very, very few misses over the last few years in terms of opportunity. Once you get drafted in the first round, talent wise, listen, all these NFL scouts are 
coin flips at best when they're talking about we think this guy's the best we think this guy's the best if they draft him in the first round he's getting first round opportunity i don't care how talented you think or don't think a guy is and if etn is the vegas favorite right now to get drafted first over Najee harris it's going to be a pretty high damn draft pick there are a lot of guys in the uh, there's a lot of teams at the end of the first round there's a lot of teams that could look for a running back at the end of the first round and if etn is it wheels the fuck up put on a little weight lose a little speed I'm fine with that because the more weight he puts on, the more likely it is that an NFL team starts to use him as a three down running back. Again, man, just, 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 I, I just think people are trying too hard with Travis Etienne. If they don't like him. You've just been thinking about it for too long. He has been the best running back on one of the best college teams producing at the highest level elite production for three straight years. Yes. He's coming off a down year a little bit. Like it's a shortened year. It's a COVID year. Who gives a shit? He went nuts 2018. He went nuts 2019, proving he's one of the best running backs in the class. Why did he come back? I don't know. To get better in the passing game because Clemson girls give really good head. I don't, whatever the case may be, Travis Etienne, RB2, no doubt about it. Move on to RB3, Javante Williams. Again, if you want running back six, seven, eight via an email, it'll be in depth like I'm going in, in through these players right now. Sign up down below. Absolutely free to do so. Just got to throw your email in there. Javonta Williams, man, he came in a little bit smaller than I thought he would. He had been someone who's climbing up the rankings right now. All the reports and rumors so far have most of the NFL scouts pegging him in that tier one spot for running backs. So it's Najee Harris, it's Travis Etienne, it's Javonta Williams. And that's pretty much the same way that everybody's looking at it for fantasy as well. He is my three. And again, I do have it like Najee Harris, tier break, Travis Etienne, tier break, Javonta Williams, tier break. Javonta Williams came in a little bit lighter than I thought he would at his pro day. He came in at 5'10", 212 pounds. He also ran a little bit slower than I would have liked to have seen. He was a 4'6'2 guy, puts him in the 39th percentile for speed score, but like my number four running back who we'll get into in a second, the burst score and the agility score are there. Those are really good to see because when you see a bigger back like Javonta Williams, when you watch the film, you're like, oh, fuck, this kid looks really good. But it could be for a number of reasons when you're playing you know, at North Carolina, you're not against the best competition. The same thing goes for Travis Etienne, which is why you need to see these guys test athletically to know that they're athletics their measurables their speed their agility are relative to other nfl players so when he's in the 71st percentile for bursts when he's in the 89th percentile for agility it matches with the film this guy is an absolute tackle breaker had the number one highest elusive rating per both pff and sports info solutions this guy's a tackle breaking machine so the worry is that is he the next david montgomery is he the next zach moss He's much better athletically than both of those guys. He's also extremely young at the age of 21. So you give him a, an extra year uh, to develop. And despite, you know, being a little bit slower, maybe you're looking at him as a plotter. He caught 25 passes this year, 30 targets, 25 passes in 11 games. So it's again, a shortened COVID season. So the target share of 8.4% lands him in the 64th percentile, right? 25 catches in a shortened season. Basically all you need to see to let me know that he's a good enough pass catcher for that not to be a liability at the next level the other really 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 important part about this is that he shared the backfield with michael carter michael carter is a very legit nfl prospect michael carter will probably get picked at the latest early day three he is wildly shifty he reminds me a lot of you know like Ahmad, i would say geo bernard is probably like his floor he reminds me a lot of geo bernard is going to depend on landing spot but i think he has the upside of an ahmad bradshaw or devonta freeman so the fact that javonta williams could throw up 22 touchdowns this year with over 1300 1400 yards from scrimmage while sharing the backfield with a guy as talented as michael carter should tell you a lot so javonta williams absolutely shifty he's got the workhorse size really good agility really good burst he should be a problem at the next level as should my number four running back 
If you've watched my last couple of videos, I did a full mock draft video last Thursday with all the rookies included. So if you missed that, I'll link it down below. Trey Sermon, man, this kid out of Ohio State, formerly out of Oklahoma, six foot, 215 pounds. When you look at his athletic scores, man, he's a little bit slow. He is a little bit slow, but you see that comp to Damian Harris. I think that's such a good comp, man. I see him in that Kareem Hunt, James Robinson, Josh Jacobs role where they're just good runners. They just make guys miss. They're not the fastest guys on the field. They're not the biggest guys on the field. They're not the shiftiest or the most elusive or the flashiest dudes on the field. They just get it the fuck done. And it's because his burst score and his agility score are very, very high. Those are the little things. I want to say they're intangibles, but obviously they're not fucking intangibles because we're reading numbers off the screen. They're actual testing measurements. But when you watch the film, man, Sermon just gets away from guys. He gets away from guys and he's big. You can't tackle him with one hand. You can't tackle him with one arm. You can't even tackle him with two fucking guys. He's got power. He's got burst. He's got agility. Very good vision. And uh, I was listening to Establish the Runs last podcast. I brought Matt Waldman on, who's a big film guy in the industry. And his running back one in this class is Trey Sermon. I definitely don't agree with that because if you're just strictly going off film, I can understand how the rankings get a bunch of skewed positions in them, right? Because you're just looking at the film. You're like, oh, you don't take into account what a person did at a young age. You don't take into account sample size. You don't take into account anything like that. That would be the biggest problem for Trey Sermon. Trey Sermon went fucking nuts over the last four weeks for Ohio State this year before getting hurt in the national championship game. He put up back-to-back 200-yard games, but prior to that, he never really put together a full breakout season, right? Oklahoma, 2017, 2018, 2019, before transferring to Ohio State in 2020. So we don't have an actual sample size in a season of Sermon getting more than 164 carries. For someone who's 215 pounds, you'd like to have seen it just so you know that he could actually do it. That's my problem with the small sample size. Not that I don't believe that they can uh, uphold and do it, but like, can you be good over the course of an entire season when you're given more carries? And what you typically see at the college level, as in the NFL level, the more carries you get, the less efficient you get. So not only is, can you hold up over the course of the season at a bigger workload, can you be efficient? And you could see it in his college level, college numbers, the season he had 164 carries, his career high, he had his lowest yards per carry total at 5.8, but it was overall his highest productive season in college. I just love this dude on film. I love that he came out as a burst and agility monster. And again, he reminds me of those dudes who, you know, the NFL doesn't care if you're slow, if you have size. And that's where Trey Sermon is. The NFL doesn't care that Josh Jacobs ran over a 4-6. The NFL don't care that Kareem Hunt. The NFL don't care that James Robinson runs this slow number. Once you get him on the field, he's going to be good. He's going to make guys miss. He's going to be fucking juicy. And he's going to be juicy for your fantasy team. So right now, Trey Sermon, where he's going off the board in rookie drafts at the end of the second round, early third round, is probably my single favorite pick in rookie drafts. Trey Sermon, number four. Kenny Gainwell, running back, number five, okay? This is not a pick that I even feel comfortable doing, but everybody fucking blew at their at their pro days, man. Jamar Jefferson came in way lighter and way slower than we expected. Chuba Hubbard came in way slower than we expected. Ramondre Stevenson really broke my heart. But listen, he was in the running. Had he had run a nice 40-yard dash, I would have thrown him into the RB5, RB6 slot. But Kenny Gainwell was the only dude who like, I don't even want to say he did well at his pro day. He came in over 200 pounds, and that was the thing, because he played at Memphis under 200 pounds. He was probably in the 190 to 195 range. He took the entire year off because of COVID and worked out a lot this offseason. So again, came in over 200 pounds, ran a 4.52 at his pro day, okay? So as an athlete, you look at the measurables, nothing impressive on that board, man. So people are going to try to will this into existence. I get it. Kenny Gainwell went over 2,000 yards from scrimmage his sophomore year in 2019. He kept Antonio Gibson's ass on the bench extremely, extremely impressive. But to me, he's not that impressive of 
a runner. And this might bite me in the fucking ass. We might look back in a bunch of years and say, well, we knew he was going to be the next Austin Eckler. Nobody fucking knows when Austin Eckler is going to be the next Austin Eckler. Nobody knows that Melvin Gordon's going to sit out four games, giving Austin Eckler the lead role to show that he's fucking amazing. Yes, he was really, 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 really good in a small sample size leading up to that year, but they were never going to give him the featured workload if Melvin Gordon didn't sit out. So my problem with a guy like Gainwell, who is 200 pounds, and as a subpar athlete, is that he's never going to get that workload. No one's going to give that to him unless, you know, an injury or something. So for Kenny Gainwell to be like an early second round pick in rookie drafts, a little bit high for me. He's an amazing pass catcher. So if you're in, you know, if you're in a one quarterback league, if you're in a non-tight end premium league that's full PPR, you're going to like Gainwell a lot more than a super flex tight end premium half PPR league, which is what most of our dynasty leagues at BDGE are. And if you're looking for a dynasty league to join, we have them running in our Discord, which you get access to via Patreon. So patreon.com forward slash BDGE. You will get access to our Discord, which lets you get access to $50, $250 buy-in Dynasty leagues. They will be starting up all offseason, all spring. I'm actually about to launch one as soon as the NFL draft is over, which I will personally be in. I'll be picking 11 of y'all from the Discord. Uh, in the Patreon, you also get access to our rankings, our rookie rankings, our dynasty rankings are up right now. When I do my Q&A live streams on Saturday, you guys that are signed up for the Patreon membership are the ones in the live chat asking me any of your personal questions. Could be about Kenny Gainwell, could be about making margaritas, it could be about anything. It doesn't matter. I'm here for y'all. So go sign up, patreon.com forward slash BDGE. Again, Kenny Gainwell, man, I see a pass catcher more than I see a all-around running back, despite the 1,400 yards that he put up on the ground for Memphis. We've seen a lot of running backs from Memphis do that and not succeed at the next level. We saw Darrell Henderson run for 1,900 yards because they play in, in Memphis's conference, and they have a very good offensive line, typically, with very good athletes like Kenny Gainwell. So, said it many times, I see more J.D. McKissick than I do see Austin Eckler. Subpar athlete, amazing, amazing pass catcher. He was a wide receiver converted to a running back. So there's no surprise that Kenny Game was awesome on the outside catching the ball, but you need to have a coach willing to really, really utilize him in that role. So Kenny Gainwell is a guy who could go in the fucking late second round, early third round, get nice capital and move up the rookie rankings, whatnot. He could go up to RB4 possibly, depending on where he gets drafted, depending on the landing spot. But for right now, he's a hesitant RB5 because because, because the rest of the class absolutely stunk at their pro days. So those are my top five rookie running backs at the moment. To recap, we have Najee Harris, tear break, Travis Etienne, tear break, Javonta Williams, tear break, Trey Sermon, tear break, Kenny Gainwell, probably in a tier with the guys that I will email out to you. Running back six, deep dive, in-depth, into your email inbox as soon as you sign up for it down below. It'll be the first link in the description. It'll be the first thing pinned in the comment section. Running back six. Take a guess. Take a guess in the comment section who you think my running back six is. It's someone that I believe I name dropped at one point in this video. And I, I, so maybe y'all can go back, watch it again. Get my watch time up. I'm out. So if you enjoyed, make sure you hit the thumbs up. Make sure you subscribe to the channel if you're new because we're covering rookies. We will be doing this same exact video for wide receivers on Thursday. Sign up for the email list. Sign up for our Patreon. Join a Big Dogs Dynasty League with us. And we'll see y'all tomorrow. Peace.